Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Levels are good. Uh. And we're live, buddy. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 80 for January 14th, 2020. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Tony B coming to you live from New Jersey. Yes. What's up? Uh, You'll notice, everybody will notice that we didn't start with theme song like we normally do. Um, Yeah, the elephant in the room, man. We've talked about this band a lot. Um, You are... uh, uh, huge fan of Mr. Neil Peart and uh, even last week you were telling me about you were going to be doing some jamming on some Russ songs so for those of you that listen to this at other times not currently we are broadcasting um, one week exactly after Neil Peart passed away and it wasn't reported till three days later on Friday but he succumbed to brain cancer that he had been fighting for three plus years and uh shocked saddened shook the music world um on friday and uh yeah and i i i'm sorry that i was the bearer of bad news if i was tony because i i as soon as i saw it i was like oh my god i gotta tell tony but i i wanted to call you but it was the middle of the work day and i was like oh shit so so, yeah, so I was in a meeting and i saw you I, you sent me that and i texted you back and i was blown away i was like holy shit and then um, my phone proceeded to blow up then, you know, from that, ver- from, you know, 35 to 40 seconds after you sent that to me, my phone blew up, you know, with the, everybody just calling me and, uh, you know, the, the whole night, you know, far into the evening. And like you said, ironically, we were, uh, or not ironically, but we had been planning to have a jam, you know, on Saturday, me, Craig and Cole. Right. Uh, just do you know, a bunch of Rush tunes. Right. Just for the fun, because Cole's home from school, and like you said, those that don't follow the show all the time, you know, we had planned this out, and he had some time home. And, uh, so, nonetheless, we, we did have it. And uh, my, my neighbor had asked me to leave the window open, 
uh, if they, you know, so she could hear and they could hear as well. I and saw the video. Nice video to Facebook, and then I, yeah, yeah, like, I saw the video. Your wife posted it, and I, I, you know, I hadn't heard about this, but I saw it. It came up on my newsfeed, and uh, she shared the post from from your neighbor that, that said, uh, you know, that was grateful for you leaving the or leaving the windows open so that they could hear you guys jamming. And I listened to it, and it's like it's very like in the video, it's very distant. It's hard to even discern what you're playing, but I guess. For them, they probably could hear it a lot clearer just being there in person. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought that was very sweet. And and it would, that was Saturday. It was the day after this was announced. Yes. Now he actually passed on Tuesday. Right. Uh, you know, and they didn't they didn't announce it at the press till till later in the week. But um, yeah. I mean, you know, listen. Neil's a very private person. Always has been his whole life. You know, and if you read any of his books, or you know, if you're a fan, or uh, you know, if you know any, anything about him, it, it is that he's, he's private with his life. So it's no surprise that nobody knew except for those closest to him. You know what was going on, right? Because he's, you know, he would have been out of the uh, out of the limelight, no pun intended. You know, and, and living his life doing whatever. So it's just sad. What a, what a great super talent, and um, you, you know, I I know he changed my life. You know, being introduced to Russian and immersing myself in Neil for five years. You know, along with me and Joe Bergamini went on this journey together where we were totally immersed and, you know, it was it was a great time, but so influential, you know, and inspiring in the things he did and to think that he was, you know, 28 years old when they recorded Exit Stage Left. I mean, you know, and just a, just a great, you know, a drummer's drummer and, you know, everyone aspired to be that. You know, he was a different, he was different than everybody else, you know what I mean? Yeah, intelligent man, kind human, um... Yeah, very, very intelligent. You know, I mean, people talk about him as a drummer. How, uh, how he was just one of the most talented and agreed. And and I was talking to my friend the other day. I'm like, I can't think of too many other drummers, rock drummers, that were more lauded and worshipped and uh, uh, respected than Neil Peart. It, it's uh, you know, John Bonham is up there, but as far as rock drummers. You know, well, I guess they're all different, right? It's like I always say, it's not a contest, you know? Everyone can do something that someone else can't, you know? If you put 100 drummers in a room, they all have something unique to themselves that no, none of the other guys could do, you right. know? Or or play that way or whatever it is. You bring your own thing to your instrument, you know, your personality. So, you know, the greatness of, you know, his, Neil's idol was Keith Moon, you know? And he would emulate to, to be like Keith Moon. Right. But he was so, you know, astute, like you said, and intelligent in the way that he formed his parts and the way he approached music and wrote the lyrics and you know it was a story and like you said he you know when he built you know these gigantic kits i mean it was it inspired other guys like bozio to do the same thing you know and guys to start playing big kits simon phillips you know they were all coming in that same era but neil always had the percussion and wood blocks and xylophones and bells and you know really cool stuff yeah, a lot of to toys. Add, you know, music, musical. It'd be real musicality of it. Yeah, yeah, and the lyric writing too that that gets kind of overlooked because he was such a good drummer, you know, but a, a brilliant lyricist and and just put a lot of thought and care into the the subject matter and the way he wanted to present that subject matter and uh, you know, just more thought, more care than probably anybody else in the history of rock and roll. I think. You know, uh, maybe Zeppelin could come a little bit close, but it, as far as lyrics are concerned, 
But, uh, you know, most rock and roll is like, is you, you're talking about sex, you're talking about women, or you're talking about drugs, or you're talking about alcohol, or whatever. But he, you know, he dug a lot deeper. Maiden did, too. I guess Steve Harris writing lyrics for them. But, uh, yeah, man, that hit me hard. Amazing how many people it really touched and hit hard. You know, and it really goes back to, you know, this whole ties right back into Wisdom Hour and the whole CBC thing where we've always said, you know, it's such a shame that there's not a lot of bands today that the kids are growing up with. You know, like we had like the Rushes and the Zeppelins and the Who and Foo Fighters and Nirvana and, you know, all these great bands. Queen, you know, you could go on and on and on and on and on lists. But like, I, you know, I can remember Rush specifically. I was maybe seventh or eighth grade, you know, and I remember this kid Eric Brown was into, you know, had, had a Rush tape, you know, he'd moving pictures, just came out, you know, he was he was a kid where when something came out, it was brand new, he had it like the next day, you know, no matter what it was, New Walkman, somehow he had it the next day, so he had moving pictures, and that was the first album I got turned on to, you know, and then I bought the the tape, and then. I used to play it every day after school and learn the parts and go through it and then, you know, investigate and hang out. And I remember doing some songs for talent shows in high school with Rush stuff and being very heavily influenced. And like I said, maybe sophomore, junior high school, when I was proficient enough to actually play, you know, the songs note for note, it would it would be like a gathering after school. We would play Exit Stays Left top to bottom and, you know, anywhere from two to 15 kids might be in my parents, you know, uh, family room downstairs and we had full drum set all set up mic'd up through a PA and we would, and had exit stage left on a disc playing you know at maximum volume to where the, the drums didn't have to compete with it you know it was so loud that when you came in and played it note for note it was like a live show and it was every day dude. at least you know maybe if not five six days a week it was at least four you know and it was everyone was into it, and Rush was a big thing. And all my friends were that are drummers were all really into Neil Peart. And like I said, I met Joe Bergamini, who later on went to, you know, produced and, and worked on video with Hudson Music for for Neil, and got to meet him. And it just you know, funny how how life is. But even when we met Getty, you know, even at the book signing, it's like when you see these guys, you know, you don't realize what an influence they have on you. Like when you hear that he, he passed away, it's it's like a friend or someone you knew, but. To Neil's point, where he says, you know, in limelight, you can't pretend a stranger's a long-awaited friend. It's like he doesn't know who you are, but everybody knows who he is, you know. And it's uh, it's interesting how that works. Where through his music and what he did, he touched millions of people, you know. And, and it's really, really sad that that, that he, he's passed on. But you know, he, he, we don't want him suffering, of course, you know. So he, thank God he's not suffering anymore. Yeah, but uh, yeah. what a great legacy and contribution he gave to the history of music, you know, Incredible. not just as a drummer. Yeah, that will last for generations. And that's that's it's like we, maybe we've talked about the mortality thing before. And I, I, the feel, my feeling was my my first feeling when I saw that, because because I was I was during that day earlier in that day, I was working on memes. I, I do memes for the website uh, for celebrities. Yes. Yeah. For celebrities birthdays and days that they pass so like if somebody passed away two years ago I'll post uh, I, I create a meme and I put you know I find a good picture and I put a quote that I, I feel is representative of that person or is as at least sort of inspirational to other musicians I try I, I mean I dig deep with this I put a lot of time into it so that's what I was doing 
during that that afternoon i was just i was creating memes for for the following days the upcoming days and and i was thinking i was sitting there thinking to myself boy it's been a while since somebody famous died i was really thinking that while like while i'm putting up these you know creating these dead people quotes and uh, and then and then i mean half hour hour later i just you know it actually came to my email from rolling stone like neil neil pure passes and i'm like no like oh, i didn't want him to die but then the next thought was you know i mean he he's done he's done with everything that he needed to accomplish he, they already said that rush isn't going to tour anymore it's already a given so what more could he have done than he's already done that that he's he's left behind it would take generations it would take i mean you could make a college course college, a neil pierre neil Peer college course <laughs> and study his books his lyrics his his drums and and that could go on for generations so he uh, already has the body of work that the legacy that he left behind he didn't need to be here anymore and i believe life is eternal that's my thing but um you know i think that he will just still continue to live on and, and and it's nice to be able to honor him you know the way everybody has in the last few days um i, I mean the videos the articles the pictures everything the memes that have come out have just been a celebration of rush and a celebration of him and his his body of work so i i hope that uh i hope that continues into for future generations yeah, I mean, it, like you were saying, it was a celebration. It was an incredible jam that we had on Saturday, you know, me, Cole, and Craig. It was inspiring, and it was fun, and it was, like you said, it was a celebration, you know. We had such a great time playing the tunes, and everyone learned them, like, so well, you know, so there was no fumbling around with it. Right. It was great, you know. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that we would get to play a Rush song that, I, you know, I had to play that night, uh, but we uh, we didn't. And uh, we could have played Tom Sawyer. Everybody knew it well enough, um, but w- uh, we just didn't get called. And I-, I thought it might get requested from somebody that day, but it didn't. So, but uh, that's okay. You always needed a Rush song, man. We used to do Limelight with the Weisenheimers. Right. Limelight's a great one. He, that Limelight was one of the first songs I ever learned on bass, believe it or not. I learned a, a, a Getty Lee song for one of my first songs. Wow. Yeah, because just because I was like, I want to learn Rush is cool, and I want to learn a Rush song. <laughs> yeah, it, let me tell you something too. Cole learned it note for note, you know. Right. So again, playing through the solo and, and the difficult parts that like people usually get hung up on, you know, because a certain way like Getty plays or you know they don't really listen to it. You know, it was really refreshing that Cole analyzed it to that, you know, to the minutia where. He's playing it exactly like the record. Right. So, oh man, so much fun. Yeah. I'm so proud of him. It was so fun jamming with him too, dude, because he was he was killing it. You know, he was standing shoulder to shoulder, me and Craig, like he was right there. And so like, he played the keyboard parts. He was playing the keyboard parts with his feet, you know, on the tourist pedals uh-huh. in in the middle of the trees because there's keyboards and there's bass, and he was playing it with his with his feet. It was cool. And who who's Craig? Who's who's Craig Marcus is a super talented guitar player that I've played with in Eye of the Storm for over twenty years. Oh, okay. So all right, so the two elder statesmen got to play with the the young up and coming uh yes. <laughs> yeah, the young laddie. Very nice. That's cool, man. Oh, and then dude, I have a great I have another great story for you. Super positive. Okay. Fun. So 
going back to Eye of the Storm, I played in bass player in Eye of the Storm, Tom McNeil, right? Great friend of mine, killer bass player, like a John Entwistle meets um, Getty and some, you know, heaviness. To, he just had so many influences. He's a great, he's, he's a great bass player. So nonetheless, he moved to Virginia like about eight years ago, and he has a bunch of stuff in storage. So, and he's not coming back anytime soon for it because he's down there now and whatever long story short is. So I was talking with him, and he he said to me and Cole, listen, I have a bunch of stuff in my storage locker that uh, I'd like to, you guys to – I'm going to get rid of the locker. So I'm going to have my ex-girlfriend to the locker, and I'm going to close it out, and I'm going to get my stuff out of there. So I'm coming up in like maybe six months to – get his stuff but his brother's gonna go get it or something whatever the case may be he's like I want you to go there and take whatever instruments I have in there and amps and, and see what, what's there so long story short real long story short which would be I could get to a whole wisdom hour on Mission Impossible it was to get there and to get the stuff and to get in and right but long story short we got another black Rickenbacker bass like a, a 4001 I guess the the older model, like a nineteen eighty something, maybe nineteen eighty, right? Black Rick, really nice. A fretless that has no name on it. I think it was like a, some kind of custom homemade one. Um, a Schecter Stratocaster with a tremolo, and then a Kramer classic guitar with a Floyd Rose tremolo, and then a Yamaha five string, uh, like maple clear. Beautiful five-string bass. Nice. And then the lap steel guitar. Wow. That's a lot of yeah. instruments. Yep. So we took them all. Uh, Harky 4 by 10 with a GK head. A bunch of pedals, effects. Um, nice, you know. So we cleaned them all up. Because they've been in storage, you know what I mean? And some of them weren't in cases, so they were like, well, just kind of wedged in there. But they're not damaged or anything. And they all play really well, and they sound killer. So, yeah, so shortly I'll, I'll send you a picture you can put up on Cover Band Central. We'll have a whole wall of gear now going up. That's cool, man. That's very cool. It's like a music store, dude. We got like eight <laughs> eight strung instruments hanging up. Nice. I just bought a bass this week. You bought a bass? Past week, yes. I bought a bass. A, a new bass? Uh, no, a bass from another person. Um, no, but new bass for you. New for me, yes. It's so hang on. So you had the Schecter, right? Which you said no, was killer. Super hot. Signal, but too heavy. Spectre. Not Schecter. Spectre. Spectre. Like Phil. Stewart. So you had a Spectre. Stewart Spectre. But yeah. Too heavy, though. Yeah, it's ha- it's heavy. Sounds great. Plays great. It's very heavy. And yeah, it's funny because we we were talking about this last week. And late, right after we recorded that episode last week... I got a text from my friend who says, hey, man, I, you told me to reach out to you first, but I really want to sell this base. I need the money. So, um, you know, do you want it? And it's... So I'm reaching out. <laughs> it's the five-string... It's a five-string Ibanez, and it's it plays great. It's the base I had when I went to that guy like a month ago when I brought in... Uh, uh, I, I, my friend Robert, I, I went to his house and we fixed up bases. That was one yeah, of the bases yep, I had. Base day. Yeah, and I gave it. You know, I got it all fixed up and I gave it back to him. And he's not a bass player. 
he just had it because he wanted to use it for recording purposes, whatever. Um, but I gave it back to him. So it's all, so I know the bass. I've played it before and it's all set up right now. So I was like, all right, that was a nice gift for the universe that just, because I just talked, I was just talking about it with you. And then yeah. all of a sudden, oh, here it is. Here's your lighter five string. And so I, so I uh, gave him cash uh, over the weekend and, uh, I haven't actually. <laughs> it's funny though, because I I've had it for, I had it for the weekend gigs, and I but I didn't use it. I just I stuck with my Fender for the weekend. Um, I will, but the I well, at least you want to get used to it. You know what I mean? True. I and but I just love the Fender. I love how it sounds. I love how it feels. It just it's just such a, a, a glove for me. Um, so it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know. I'll I'll uh. I'll bring it out. Maybe I'll bring it out Thursday. We'll see. But uh, yeah, it's nice getting new gear. New for you. Oh yeah. Like I said, <laughs> you just got new bases. I just got new bases. I don't even play bass. Right. But it's cool. Cole played them all, tuned them all up. You know, restrung them. Cool. Cleaned them all. So it's very cool. Awesome. Even playing like this first act guitar, it's like that one of those little like you know, ninety nine dollar. Christmas presents you buy, right? But it's electric, and it, it you know he's been jamming on it. It plays. Well, that's but now great. now these are real real guitars, you know. Right. Um, that's cool, dude. Yeah. So dr- my drum room has grown into a, a mega drum room slash studio slash recording uh, compound. You might need a bigger house. Yeah, we have to put an addition on. <laughs> I need to put an addition on my house. Why? Well, because I got a lot of gear now. I have a lot of gear, gear that I need to make I, room for, and room. Uh, you wouldn't understand, but if you came over, you would. But the th- but you know the cool thing is though, it's organized, so it's not like, you know, I've had some friends who had like, you know, studios, and they were like bombs went off when you went inside. You know, this right. is like bright and airy. You know, you but you were here. It's not cluttered. You know, everything has a home. Yeah, there's no stray stuff laying about. Yeah, it's like cases a- are away somewhere else. You know. It's like to me a typical Jersey basement that's fixed up. It's like a Jersey. Yeah. It's a very Jersey. <laughs> like, I don't know. I grew up in Jersey, so that's how I see it. And it's in Jersey, so that would make sense. <laughs> that does make sense. So you're, I'm you're, so used. I'm running nose with that one, dude. <laughs> well, I've been living in New Orleans <laughs> for ten years, and they don't have basements here because we're below sea level. So. Looks like a Jersey basement, you know, in Jersey. <laughs> Jersey. It's just a Jersey, <laughs> typical Jersey basement. Um, He's here for weeks. It is Mardi Gras. Oh, my God. It's it's coming. It's not really Mardi Gras yet. But this weekend. When was, does it start? What is the official start of Mardi Gras? Uh, the, when the parades start, basically, is when Mardi Gras season, carnival season, they call it, starts. Mm-hmm. And that is, I don't know the exact date, but it's the beginning of February. So it's it's like it's the first or the second of February when the parades are going to start. So that's the beginning of oh, carnival like season. Down here, when they say Mardi Gras, they mean Fat Tuesday. When when they just, if anybody is saying to you, yeah, we're doing this thing on Mardi Gras, they mean that day, Fat Tuesday. Um, but it's really Mardi Gras season. But down here, they refer to it as carnival season. So carnival season, carnival season. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big pain in the ass. <laughs> so, it it should be fun. It's still a big pain in the ass, though, man. Just getting because streets blocked everywhere, and parades are going by, and you have to, and you can't park anywhere, and it's it's 
and uh, you got your amateur alcoholics here and uh everybody makes a mess <laughs> the amateurs yeah the amateur hour does get old but this past weekend was fantastic we uh they had the uh the national championship game college championship game here in new orleans this year and they it's not here every year they they bounce it around but here it happens to be this year uh last night was the game and the teams that were in it were lsu which is louisiana state university so yeah home team a huge deal and playing clemson tigers who were from south carolina so college fans football fans travel very well so all weekend we had people from clemson around and they were loving it. They were le- they were in party mode. They were having a great time. They were all very cool, uh, very uh, 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 tipped well, and just uh, very exuberant and uh, a really good crowd to have for the weekend. It was nice to have them. They were all very respectful. A lot of you know, it was college kids, so you, you had a That's lot of cool. lot of young, pretty girls and. And uh, there's hope for the youth of America, is what you're saying. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but but it, <laughs> but it was fun. It was a good, it was a good, successful weekend, busy weekend for us. So um, that's good. And they uh, they have this thing where they give two dollar bills out, and they put I don't know if you've ever seen the Clemson Tigers logo, but it's like a paw print and it's orange. Yeah, sure. Um, and they they take two dollar bills and they put that paw print. They put it like a stamp of it. On the uh, on on the bill, sometimes they put more than one, but at least one, and they take them to whatever city they're traveling to and spend them everywhere. So like everybody gets these, and they they put they all put their stamps and they spend them everywhere. Um, and the reason they're doing that is to show their eco- economic impact on an area. Uh, oh wow, which is pretty okay. clever. Um, so we got a ton of those two dollar bills in our tip jars and 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 everything. So I ended up bringing a bunch of those home, which is kind of cool. It's it's that is cool. I saved the two dollar bills anyway, but having the two dollar bills with the with the Clemson stamp on it is pretty neat. Is a little. Uh, uh, My buddy does that. He goes and gets and cashes like a hundred dollars in two dollar bills, and then when he tips here and there, he tips with a two dollar bill, and everyone remembers him because he's two dollar tipper. Yeah, it's not worth a lot of money. Bill guy. It's not worth a lot of money, only about 200 cents, but... Yeah, it's still, it, it's, you know... It's, it's a novelty item. It's more, than, it's more than a dollar. Yeah, but it's a novelty item to, to have. To pass on to future generations where it may be worth something. Yes, and you can still get them, so they still make them. They make... No, they don't make them. Well, if you, if you go to the bank, I mean, they can get them for you. Oh, they can get them, but they don't print them anymore. They stopped printing them a long time ago. I don't know, dude. I could Google it and tell you. Let me see. I think it's a very high demand for two dollar bills, especially in, in music. When did how do you do this? When did they stop printing printing two dollar bills? Let's see if Google I'm gonna say nineteen two dollar bills. It came up it came eighty eight. Um nope. Uh Okay. Yeah, you're not even close. Okay, what do you got? 
the two dollar denomination was discontinued from 1966 until 1976 when use of the two dollar bill was resumed as part of the united states bicentennial celebration the two dollar bill was last issued in 2003 i wouldn't have guessed that late no either but i did not know that i thought they stopped printing it like two years after it was released but oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it's a commemorate the two dollar bill. We're only going to print it for two years. <laughs> well, because it didn't work. It wasn't. It wasn't. You make two million of them. It would. It just wasn't. It didn't make sense as a denomination for bills in transactions. So they were just like, right. all right. It was like stop. It was like new Coke. Like ah, we got new Coke, and then like uh, no, all right, that didn't work. Let's go back to the old Coke, Coke Classic. That's how I saw the two dollar bill, like new Coke. But, uh, yeah, all right. So we always learn something here. That is part of the wisdom. Should we do wisdom hours? We just become wiser. <laughs> 2003 was the last printing. Yeah, now we know. It was discontinued between 66 and 76, but brought back for a bicentennial reason. Oh, come on, dude. Everybody knows that, yeah. Now we do. Now we, we know all about it. Right. Uh, so, yeah. And that $2 bill is worth double what a $1 bill is, so. Right, and no more. Yeah, but it's nice to have a. It's nice to have a exuberant, friendly, respectful people in the city of New Orleans. It doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, we certainly appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's good. Now it starts get picking up for you now. It's gonna yeah, get real busy, real quick. Yeah, busy season. Now, it's. Uh, yeah, it's a thing. The band's great. There's some issues, but the band's great. Hey, as long as you understand what the issue is, you can solve it. Uh, I don't think I can solve it. I well, it can't. I should I'm not saying you, but I'm saying if you understand the problem, you have a better, you know, ability to to formulate a solution. And that is the key: understanding the problem. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Um, but we are going to be rehearsing my band, which is rare for bands in New Orleans. Yep, that professional, I, though. I played with. We we are actually, we were in a long text message thing today about uh, scheduling a rehearsal. It looks like it's it has been scheduled uh, for next week after the Wisdom Hour. So it'll be the 22nd. And uh, that's good, man. I really do like rehearsals when they're run right and uh, and you come out with a lot of productive uh, results so uh, hopefully that will happen I'm going to go and prepare it and hopefully everybody else will too and uh, it, it's 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 definitely a rare thing here in New Orleans I haven't rehearsed with band I maybe the key to rehearsals is the communication right of exactly what you're doing an agenda of some sort the agenda, understanding who's who's learning what and doing what, having an agenda, having somebody run the rehearsal, basically. So, uh -huh. like, and if you have a lot of stuff to go over, you got to have a, allocate time, you know, for each task or song that you're going to work on. Otherwise, it can be very unproductive, you know. But I used to be a big pet peeve, dude. Rehearsals, come prepared. Rehearsal is not for you, time for you to learn the song. Rehearsal is time for us all to play the song together that we learned at home. Yes. Right. Yes, and we're going to be doing that and going over some other songs that we already play and and working out vocal harmonies for certain things. So I'm going to go in very prepared for 
for that for the, the the concerns that I have or the things that I think that we need to work on I'm gonna I'm gonna prepare very well and I'll probably prepare for better than everybody else because no, I don't think anybody really puts that much time into it um, but it's we'll a see. big difference too we used to sit there and Steve would go through and listen to you know the different harmonies and then find all the notes on a guitar and then assign who's singing what and then you sing it all together you know that's the only way you can really do that that's it bang doom done that's that's all you need to do too. find the notes that need to be sung pick the right people to sing those certain notes and that's Correct. it and then do it and then remember it and do it every time period Correct. done simple yeah. quick it doesn't need and, and that's my you know I, I found myself getting a little frustrated today with the with with the text exchange that was going on because everybody's chiming in and blah 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 and I'm thinking man don't overcomplicate this it's not difficult it's not rocket science make things break it down to the simple most fundamental things that need to be addressed and and do that get it done it's done move on period you don't have to there's no there's no debating of things that need to happen and i was thinking about i'm picturing myself at the rehearsal and i'm sitting here with my keyboard here in my apartment and i'm think and i'm playing the 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 stuff that i think harmonies wise need needs to be worked on so i'm playing it on keyboard here in anticipation that i can do it there at rehearsal and do exactly what steve did except do it on a piano so here's your note here's your note here's your note here's how it goes through the right. passage whatever yeah all right let's sing it acapella two three four doom sing it Again, two, three, four, boom. Just and it's re- good to say repetitive. if you don't sure you two, report, three, report. four, sing it. You know, just just keep yeah. singing it over and over again. Just because re- repetition is what makes you learn something. So just bang, just like a like. Because I grew up playing sports, man. I grew up playing sports where where that was the, the discipline. Do something over and over again until you get it, until you get it right, until you can't get it wrong. Over and over, and and when I started early in bands, that's exactly what I did at rehearsals, and I used to rehearse a lot. So I know how to do that. So hopefully, whoever's running this rehearsal will be able to do that. And if not, I'm prepared to step up and say, "Okay, here's here. This is your note. This is your note. This is your note. Let's go. Boom. Mm-hmm. Get it done." Um, but you should communicate that well in advance to find out who's doing that. Is it you or somebody else? So that well, I whose responsibility it is. You know. What do you mean? Like, like you just said, if you're going to take on that task, right? Then you have to own it, and then let everyone know that that's what you're you're doing, so that someone else isn't doing the same thing, or you know, yeah. Like, but that's that, someone's yeah. got to ringlead the the rehearsal, just to have a dialogue about, like you said, what exactly are you working on, and who's responsible to bring what? Yeah, but that's not up to me because I'm not the band leader, so I can't initiate things like that. I have to just kind of. I, I have, can't have a conversation with the band leader though, and say, "Hey, I have an idea about the rehearsal. You, you got a minute?" Well, yeah, but I don't know how 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 much that would be effective. It, mm-hmm. it might be. I mean, I could I could try, and and I have time until then to to do that, and maybe I will. Um, but but I don't want to overstep my bounds either. I I just want to I want to go in prepared. Is what I'm saying. It's like, and and there's certain things that I know that need to be addressed like vocally in the band so and i already know what they are and i already know the solution to it so i, I want to go in prepared with that knowing uh um, how to quickly resolve whatever it is 
quickly, no drama, no no egos, no bullshit. Just okay. Here, let's do it this way. Boom, and I'm gonna show you here this note on the piano. This note, this note, this note, and this is how it goes. And then okay, everybody, we got it, got it, good. Move on. Mm-hmm. You know that's um, you know if it was my band, it'd be a whole different story. I'd be able to to have a lot more control over that situation but but I don't and I have to do the right thing and not try to well you gotta do your part dude you know you're part of the team you have to like there's a band leader so you have to have respect for that band leader because they are the band leader and they are the final decision maker so right so you can only try to influence them but you know ultimately they're going to make the decision as to what gets done and how it gets done so as far as the rehearsal the way it's run is concerned we've never rehearsed together so this is going to be a first for everybody so i can only just bring to the table what i already know that i can contribute and then let it let it go as it goes let it let it just be organic um and uh, step in when I feel I need to step in and, and shut up when I feel the need to shut up. <laughs> you know? I, th- yeah. And that's important, you know, knowing when to just not say anything. Too. Because everybody wants a say. So you have to let other people have a say. Yep. Um, so, it's, it, I, I'm not, I'm a big fan of communication, but the whole text message thread thing where everybody's in it I don't mean that I mean more like the expectation communicating of the expectation of you know this is what we're going to work on this is what I expect you to know when we get there you know so we can be productive and here's the agenda here's how much time we're going to dedicate to each thing that's all I would say it's communication wise so that didn't show up like hey what are we going to work on yeah well the person who's running it should do exactly that exactly what you just said indeed but I'm not the person running it so I'm not going to do Understood. That. Yeah. So you'll wait to just be directed and you'll do it as they ask and, and go. Yes. But bring into it what I feel needs to be addressed. And sure. And I, I, I disagree with some of what has been presented to me today as far as song selection. And I've beaten this topic to death talking to you on this thing and talking about it in CBC. But I still maintain that it is paramount song selection is paramount above everything else that is the most important thing what song are you playing and there were some songs suggested today that I'm like where where is the logic in in that song selection it doesn't make any sense based on on the band that we're in the location we're in and the clientele that we play for right and why is why are, are those criteria not being taken into consideration when you're picking songs why is that not common sense it doesn't it just blows my mind so and and it's frustrating for me because because I'm not the band leader and I can't really rock the boat here and I can't come in and say like I I, I can't assert myself too much in this because it be, it just causes drama and it's like I have to just kind of suck it up like, oh, okay, all right, I'll learn that song. I don't think it's going to work. I'll learn it. That's my thought process. That's, I'm not even saying that to anybody. But, uh-huh. but 
I don't know. I only know what I know, man. And it, but it, it frustrates me because I do know certain things, and I, I don't seem to. It doesn't seem to be acknowledged. So what you're saying is that you don't know about that many things, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> but you know what you know if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Got it. Um, what I am is what I am, and what you are or what <laughs> is what you are. Yes, what you is. That's a great song, man. That's a fun song on bass, man. There's a lot of cool bass things going on in that song. There's so oh, many, so many great songs. So many great songs. That's the thing. It's like when people are picking songs. It's like, yes, that's a great song, but will it work in this circumstance? Will it work for these people? Will it work in this room? Will it work at that time of day? You know, I mean, those are things that you need to consider. It's a great song, but we can't play for ourselves. We can't play because it's a fun song to play or because it makes us look good. Hey, listen, we've learned songs and played them, you know, and like litmus test and did them. And then, you know, some songs we didn't do again. Or after a little bit, you say that song's not working. It gets dropped, you know? Yeah. But, but when you're playing four nights a week or five nights a week, you don't really have the luxury of too much time to learn songs. Because you're, you're two days off or you're three days off, you're doing other stuff. So you need to be economic with your time. So it, it really serves everybody best to be economic with songs that you select to, for the band. You have to know that that song's going to work, or at least be pretty damn sure it's going to work. You can't be iffy on it. You can't be, oh, well, it's a cool song. No, you gotta you got to check off all the boxes for that song. If you're going to make if you're going to make everybody spend their time, their free time learning a new song where we go in and play it all the time, it better work. You don't have the luxury of testing here in New Orleans. If you're playing, you know, like destination gigs where it's like people are there, they're not going to leave because you're playing one song that they don't like. That's different. But here in New Orleans, it's a turnstile gig. It's not a destination gig. If if people if you start playing a song that pe- doesn't resonate with people, they're gonna walk out the door because they can. They can walk out holding their drink. They didn't pay to get in. They can go somewhere else where they don't have to pay to get in. That's playing a better song that they like, and that happens. I mean, I've seen it happen in thirty seconds where the the, the room gets dumped because we're playing a song that doesn't work, and you can't. You don't have that luxury here to to, to just test a song. You better know it's gonna work. And there's ways to know. It's not, and it's not freaking rocket science. Is it popular? Do chicks like it? Is it danceable? Is it singable? Can the band pull it off? Does everybody know it? Is it appeal to the lowest common denominator? That's half how you have to deal with stuff in New Orleans. And the fact that that everybody doesn't know that, just like common sense, it drives me nuts. End rant. She's <laughs> end rant. Sorry, I have to get that off my chest. That's and, okay. And I'm glad I got happy to do... rant day. <laughs> hey, isn't this episode eighty? It is. I don't know if we said that at the top of the show. I did. Wow. I, think See, I, did. I wasn't paying attention. 
Episode 80. Wow, milestone, dude. Yeah, it's a round milestone number. Milestone episode right there. Yes, it's a round number. And I think we're coming up on our two-year anniversary. I don't know when we started. I don't remember what the date was, but I'll know. It'll come up in my Facebook memories or something. Uh, but it's got to be close. It's got to be close to two years, right? I would think so. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. A milestone in itself. Yes, indeed. It might even be three years. You might be mistaken. No, no. Definitely not three years. Maybe five years, Steve. <laughs> in the beginning, it was a little slow going. And, you know, we had like an episode every six months. No. Now we're at 80. I think it was like four years ago. I think you're mistaken. But we'll see. I'll get the facts straight. Um. Get the facts. Get it together. Where, where's Chunk? We need... We need and I don't know. Analytics. Where's the analytics? I don't know where Chunk is. The the whole website thing. Oh, we just. Uh, I should announce this too for people who do follow Cover Band Central and are on there. We we just created this connections page where you can go and post if you're looking for a band or looking for a musician. And there's other people that have posted that are looking for bands or looking for musicians there. It's on the website coverbandcentral.com, and you go to the top uh, the menu, and it's it says find musicians just click on that and you can get in on that so that's something i did a live yesterday announcing that too so that's something that we just uh implemented courtesy of chunk uh, so that's pretty cool i'm trying to find a better way to connect for musicians to connect than better than craigslist did you ever use craigslist to find a gig or find a musician i personally have not but uh, Weisenheimer's has in the past Musicians Exchange, Craigslist and I used to jam, you know, guys back in the day that was big, like used to be like Musicians One, yeah, it was called the Music Press Musicians Press, remember that? And it was like uh, Musicians looking for gigs in the back of Aquarian there was always stuff there, you know The Aquarian was my I, thing I ran into a couple of cats like that Yeah, like, yeah, before internet it was the Aquarian in, in, uh, in North Jersey and they were the EC rocker for a while and then they went back yep. to the Aquarian. But I used to get that every week. Came out Wednesday, I would go uh, yep. every week and get that and peruse through the, the classifieds um, just to see what was going on. But I did find a couple of gigs that way from the Aquarian. And I did through Craigslist too. Craigslist though is very hit or miss. It, it's usually miss more than hit. And the, the problem with Craigslist is people can just write whatever they want and a lot of people don't put a link to with like their Facebook page or their website or whatever and they just say like yeah yeah I'm a killer guitar player pro you know 15 years experience great gear and like and then, you, they, and then they get there and it's not that you, yeah you just have to take people's word for it and then it's a colossal waste of your time if if mm -hmm. they didn't if they didn't honestly represent themselves so so having a thing like this on the website here, people create profiles. They can put their pictures. They can put links to their other stuff. They can put a video in there. And this way, it's all in one spot. Somebody puts an ad there. You can click on their profile. You can see them right there. You can see what they're all about and uh, not have to waste a whole lot of time. So uh, I, I hope that people will start to use it. It's there. I'll have to keep talking about it to make sure it gets the word gets out to everybody but but um psyched about that 
I would like in a better way to find musicians and bands for everybody. Do you know, Mike? One stop shop. Yeah. Cover band central. All your cover band needs. That's the idea. Uh, but our traffic has slowed the last couple of days, and I don't have—I don't know why. I don't. There's no rhyme or reason to to how this goes, and I keep working on it and keep trying to make it better. And it's uh, it's, it's challenging, to say the least. Uh, but uh, I do appreciate everybody who's a part of this. <laughs> Definitely a challenge, yeah. right? And like you said, every day is something new. Yeah, and there's like old stuff that comes up. Like for instance, I just before we we did this, uh, somebody put a post on. Let me see if I can bring it up here. Let me bring it up because I want to read this verbatim. He said, I'm working with a singer who has a great voice but not a lot of stage experience. What is your best advice for talking to the crowd? Be specific. For example, what are some good lines to use? How should you promote your upcoming show and social media? That's his post. And one of the uh, regulars here on in the group posted my article in the comments. And my article is stuff you should say on the mic when your band is performing on stage. And I give like 16 different things that you could, you could right. say that, that are effective. Simple, quick, effective things that you can say on stage in between songs when you have to talk in between songs. If you're not going song, 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 and you have to put, you have to have something going on on stage, here right. are some great ideas. Here are some things that work. So this guy posted this for me, which was very cool of him. And what he said about it was very nice too. Um, but it, it's interesting that the, the, a lot of this stuff I wrote is just brand new still to people. Stuff I wrote five years ago, six years ago. Yeah. It's still brand new to people. People still have the same questions, which is cool in that I I kind of saw that uh, ahead of time. I saw that this would be something that people would know or people would, would want to know for years to come. Um but it's also frustrating in a way too, because like, how doesn't everybody not know know, know this already? Like, and uh, you'd be surprised, man. Stuff you know, information's out there, anything. But the, some people just don't know where to look for it or how to find it. You, you take it for granted, like, oh, everyone knows that, you know. And they're like, what are you talking about? Then you start, you know, a conversation about something. Like you said, and you know, all of a sudden, oh man, really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm convinced that everyone knows that is definitely does not work in any situation. <laughs> There's no, no, no. Like you said if the guy, you know, yeah. said working with a guy is a great voice, but he's not got a lot of stage presence or experience, right? And you know, listen, we've all been there. You all, we all had a first gig. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's, you know, right. And then you know, over time, you, you play more and you get more experience, whatever, and you become more comfortable. But there also are also people like I know several people who are just natural front people, like. At the first gig, entertaining as hell and great fronting the band. You know what I mean? Other people, like you said, but it's never seldom is it super persona and killer voice. It's usually one or the other. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Or, uh, or um, sure, super killer voice and fairly good front man or killer front man, fairly good voice. You know? I, I don't know. I've played with a lot of people that are have both, that, that do both, that are well. 
Singer. No, no doubt. I'm saying, but it's, it, that's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Most is the other way around. Yeah. Like I've, plenty of people have said, oh, this guy's a great singer, but he's not very animated or doesn't really, you know. But there, there's plenty of out there that are, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's, uh, I, I guess I should you know I mean? be. People put people on stage and it becomes, you know, evident how comfortable they are based on how much they've done it. You know, you can True. tell right away. Yeah, experience matters, man. Um, but I guess I should be grateful that this conversation and this question came up on the cover band central group, you know, my group that I created and somebody referred them to the answer that I had given in an article that I wrote. So at least somebody is, you know, some people are, are championing the, the, the words of wisdom that I've laid out there. And I say that without ego, just with, with just knowledge, just knowledge from experience wisdom baby yeah i mean i i I was i mean i was thinking about uh, and i do it's just my nature i think about mortality as as a lot especially when neil died and i was thinking um the other day like if i died right now would i be okay with that with what i've done with what i've accomplished with, with what i've left behind and i was i was okay with that i'm like yeah, because I don't think that the 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 stuff that I've I've contributed to this this world of music has even scratched the surface of what of its potential, and and I I believe that much in that content, including this, including me talking to you and and recording this and having eighty hours of people that can go back and say, all right, yeah. You know, Steve Wichel's gone, but here we can go listen to the stuff that he he contributed, and it, it's not only I, I mean it's so many things. So so yeah, um, you know it, it's it's a double edged sword, man. It's like I, I I really feel good about it, but I also get frustrated by how difficult it is to reach people, even with all these tools that I have. You know, even with people people that I work with, it's like, you know, I I, I want to go in and say, look, look at this stuff I've written down. Just let's do these things. It's very simple. It's very fundamental. Let's do these things, and we will be mega successful. But I can't go into that into that into into a situation, a situation where I'm working with those people and say something like that. And there's no really tactful way to present it to to a group I, I i that i can think of i don't know do you have well, the answers do i have the answers i need to understand the problem first and then help me come up with a solution i know i'm being a little vague um but nonetheless episode 81 is right around the corner <laughs> we can revisit it <laughs> <laughs> Because we only have like five or six minutes left and we want to get to some deep, you know. I'm just saying that like I wish people would understand my brilliance while I'm alive rather than wait till I'm dead. But then just say that, right? Say what, like, <laughs> if, just say what you mean, man. Clear communication, right? I just wish people would appreciate my brilliance now while I'm here and not after I'm gone. So right. wake up, people, right? Yeah. Who was the guy that – remember the guy at Howard Stern that used to wake up, white people? 
Oh, well, that's not a good thing to talk about. No, 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 but I don't know who he was, but you know what I'm saying? Like, wake he up, was, people. Yo, he I was, am brilliant now. He was Just Observe, yeah. and investigate, go to CBC, look at the stuff that's there, because it's there now, and there's more good stuff coming. Yes, right. But, I mean, the random people, the thousands, the tens of thousands of people on CBC, it matters to me a lot, but what matters to me most is the people that are closest to me, the people that I'm working with, the people, I, I want those people to say, like, oh, okay, you've provided some valuable resources that is a shortcut to our success. Let me utilize those resources. And it, it becomes an ego thing to people. It's like, well, no, look, what makes you think you know more than the type of thing, you know, because because we're on level ground here where I work, you know, in. in yeah. In, and, but but to other people, to other people that don't know me or don't don't know the origin of, of the creation of CPC or whatever, but they still use it. They have a lot more respect from respect for it because of the perspective of, of because the the objectiveness of it rather than being in it with me. So it, it, it it's I don't know it's just kind of disheartening to me because because I don't think of it as like I'm a know it all and I I'm better than you guys and whatever I think of it as of hey man we're all in this together I love all you guys I love what we're doing here's a shortcut to our success let's do these things come on let's do it just uh, look I wrote it all down look here it is I just wrote it in a list and if we just do all these things on that list we can do that we, we can be successful and we would be all happy and be be majorly cool but right, like you said but it's all about the effort that you put in it's not necessarily this is the only way to do it but look i just saved you all this time of investigating things and here it all is yeah but i can't no. say that to people without them thinking like oh you're just trying like you think you're cooler because blah, blah. like and uh that that just and you say yes i am and recognize my brilliance now <laughs> buy this what's wrong with you i was once like you too ignorant bucks, dude Let's go. Shape up. Oh, man. That's what that that and see what kind of reaction you get out of people with that. I might they get might I punch you or they might be like, oh, dude, cool. What, what do you got? I might get to that point. I don't know. I might just be a fuck it all. But you know what? I, I mean, I, I can I just outro music, too, for episode 80. So let me know when you want me to roll it. You have what? Good outro. Oh, music. outro music. Okay, yes, good. for episode eighty. Okay, I'll let you know. I had it, the theme ready to go, but I won't. Okay, um, <laughs> that's okay. You can still play the theme. Um, yeah, I, I mean, but all things considered, it's great. Everything that I'm doing, the band is great. Playing there is is great. It's a lot of fun. I love playing bass. I, I love uh, the drummer. He, he he's rock solid, and it's fun playing with him. And uh, and overall, the band is doing a very very good job. It's it's really uh, it's really killing. We're we're, we're killing it. We're, we're having a good time. And and uh, you can always find stuff to improve. You can always find stuff to nitpick. But overall, we're doing great. So next week, I'm playing with them, uh, my band, on Thursday, and then with a different band Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I'll talk. I'll report about that next week about my uh, do my report back. Yes. It's a band this I play cool. with. Before, this would be a good journey too, with rehearsals and whatnot. You know what I mean? Because, like you said, you just joined forces with your comrades to form this new, you know, powerhouse band. So it'd be cool to also, you know, touch on that a little bit during Wisdom too. What goes into that? You know, how it improves, how it how it does it. You know, what's like you said, the journey of doing it. 
It's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. It's all great. All right. So, um, <laughs> I have nothing special. I have a live rendition of what you just played. Oh, a live performed by the band themselves? There you go. Oh, you're like. Live wisdom. Very nice. A little live rush jam from the weekend. Um, all right, so guess what? You can find musicians now and bands on coverbandcentral.com. Go to coverbandcentral.com, click on my or find musicians in the menu. Um, you can also post your events, which we've talked about before. And if you haven't signed up, please do coverbandcentral.com. We'll see you next week. Yes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.